Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. You pick your horse. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Pickle is the greatest of all the Christmas traditions. (laughs) With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. What can we make with only what's in the junk drawer? A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Everything else is your problem, people. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we are talking about extremely achievable family traditions. I'm ready for this one. We are very ready to hear all of these (laughs) very achievable. Easy wins. We're going to keep it simple, guys. Real simple. Yeah. But before we do that, Amy, we're heading straight to the mailbag. Come on, man. We know our routine now. This is like third week in the row. Mailbag. I know. (laughs) If anyone out there is a songwriter, would you write us a mailbag song, please? This week, we're talking to Anna from Saskatchewan. Oh, this made me LOL legit. People say LOL all the time and they just mean like I found that vaguely amusing. I laughed out loud. I did it. Howled. Right. She's like, up here we have passed Danish baby. We're now into Canadian groundhog. I'm not coming out for six more weeks. And she pasted a picture of the weather forecast 40 below actual temperature. Real feel is like 100 no. million below zero. No. My brother-in-law used to have to go there for work and he said that like, you go outside and your eyeball liquid like freezes. <laughs> and, yeah. You do learn something every day. It was 40 below zero Celsius. So I thought, okay, most of our listeners are US, so I'm going to convert that to Fahrenheit. Apparently, once you get below zero, it's the same. So 40 below Celsius is the same as 40 below Fahrenheit. What? I know. I know. I'll put the link in the show notes, guys. I like that can't be true. I confirmed this. It's the same. Wait, (laughs) it's really cold. I guess at that point, it's just like so cold. Who cares? It's cold. You've rocked my world. How is that even mathematically possible that it's different above and the same below? I don't know. We would like a theme song. and We would also like a meteorologist. (laughs) We have a lot of requests, guys. And also, I want someone... I have a dinosaur poster in my kids' rooms that like tracks like all the, you know, different dinosaurs that emerge in the different, you know, Jurassic period and the other periods. And I want a thing that's like, you know, Danish baby, Canadian groundhog and like keep going. Like I want to know all of the steps of warmth (laughs) or cold. Yeah. Well, I want it to start at like, I don't know what it would be like fried tomato. That's like 115 
degrees, which we get in Texas. Yeah. And then I want it to go all the way to like a normal person. And then I want it to start getting cold. And then I want to hit Danish baby. And then I want to hit Canadian groundhog. Canadian groundhog. Canadian groundhog is the absolute outer limit before, I believe, inevitable death, right? Like there's nothing past Canadian groundhog. There's nothing to do. You're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. And we established last week there already. So this week it's time for some really easy, fun things to do to get us through this last slog towards normal life, hopefully. I want to say that after last week's episode, we could record that episode 10 more times. That's how we feel all the time. You know, this stinks. (laughs) We're bored of it. It's horrible. And then it just keeps getting worse. I was just telling Amy that my kids woke up covered in sores and apparently they've been bitten by fleas. And so, I mean, at that point, like, I'm just like, I'm going to go out and lie in the snow and wait for the sweet release of death. But then my husband was like, take me Canadian groundhog. No, you're not allowed to do that. You have to come in and put salve on our children who are bitten by fleas. So, I mean, things are terrible. So we thought we would just focus on like, are there small things that make us happy? Let's try for that. Okay. Teeny tiny things. And also there is something nice. These are achievable family traditions. And I think that sometimes we mistake, especially in Pinterest world that we all kind of live in now, we mistake being a good parent for creating, you know, epic wonderlands of wonder for our children. Yeah. And this is a bit of an oldie locks alert back in my day. But the movie Life is, I think it's called Life is Beautiful, where the Italian actor <laughs> is in... Yes, Roberto Bonini. Roberto Bonini. He's in a concentration camp and he makes the entire thing seem like a game for his child. I feel like sometimes in the pandemic, we think that's our job is to be like, none of this is going on. And in fact, the wonder of childhood is, look at us. We're creating all this stuff. I think really small bite-sized tiny little traditions are what kids remember so amy do you have things from your childhood that you remember as like fun little family traditions yes and it occurs to me that you know we had susan katz miller on the holidays talking about holiday traditions for interfaith families and she sort of underlined that you don't know you're making a tradition always as it's happening exacts you know, like seize the moment. Like you didn't know that like making paper snowflakes would be everything that means February to your child. But since it is, go with it. So something that was a tradition in my family that sort of, I think, happened accidentally and then became must happen. I used to watch when I was growing up every Miss America, Miss Universe, you know, Miss Teen Texas, whatever was on TV. And admittedly, there were fewer options back then. But if there was a beauty pageant on TV, I was on the couch with my grandmother, paper and pencil in hand. (laughs) And each of us would come up with our own top 10. I love this. Yeah. My grandmother was like, they're all beautiful. She'd always, you know, she had to start with that, you know, preemptive statement they're all beautiful but my favorite is Miss Minnesota and then we would go through it and we always did that and yeah that's what I remember this is like dads take their sons to the baseball stadium and fill out those little grids they take their daughters as well right it was our Super Bowl that is what I'm picturing like it's like you and your grandma doing like the baseball it was your Super Bowl you were Rating the Miss America. I will say that I was also extremely into Miss America when I was a young person. (laughs) Pinnacle of achievement. I thought it was the height of 
sophistication and glamour. Like, it never occurred to me that there was anything untoward about it at all. Or my grandmother, apparently. Right. They just were beautiful girls. No, Mm -hmm. it was a simpler time. Like, when we were just like, ladies, put on outfits and parade for us, and we will watch you. Yes. And we will make a glancing nod to the fact that we believe you're all attractive, but really, we will judge you. For your attractiveness. Yes. I absolutely love that you brought me that memory this morning. I am a little bit crying thinking about how great watching the Miss America pageant was. And that was extremely achievable. And I probably wouldn't do that with my daughter now, but we watched American Idol last night. And like, that's kind of our tradition. It's like, oh, we have to watch American Idol and you have your favorite. It's kind of the same thing. Like you pick your horse. Yeah, it's not that different. It's definitely not that different. It's like you put a bunch of people on to like parade their skills and you're like, they're all great, but I like these ones better. Right. Now it's not who looks best in a bathing suit. It's who has the most tragic backstory. Right. And can sing. (laughs) And can sing. You got to be a double threat on that one. But I mean, that's absurdly achievable. You know, just like put the TV on and you're watching together and that's a tradition. It works for me. My husband and I were watching one of those. I think it was The Voice, but it was basically like this woman they cut to her and she was staring out the window and everyone else had had these horrible stories. And she was like, Last year, my great grandma died. And we were like, great grandma, come on, you got to do better than that. Like her tragic backstory was that her great grandmother had passed away. I was like, no, doesn't cut it. I don't care how good of a singer you are. Ours, I have so many of these. I will name a couple. One, which wasn't really, it was a sibling tradition, is that my, wow, we're going all the way back. Because, you know, we grew up in the 70s. So our traditions are all oldie loxes. But my sister and I were obsessed with Charlie's Angels, and we had Huffy bikes, which had the big, long banana seat. I mean, I'm going to have to let our editor know, like, don't play an oldie Lux alert for everything, because there'll be 45 of them, and people... Her board is lighting up, right? Like, bing, 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 bong, bong. People will turn this off. Just consider the whole episode one big. But my sister and I used to play a game called Charlie's Angels, which was that my mom would put our hair back in a style that looked nothing like the way the Charlie's Angels rode there. No, their hair was always down when they fought crime. This style looked nothing like the way that the actual Charlie's Angels <laughs> wore their hair. This was like a ponytail with just the top hair. I don't know why we thought that was Charlie's Angels. <laughs> and we rode our huffy bikes around. And we didn't even like pretend to be fighting crimes. We just did a hairdo and rode our bikes. And that was playing Charlie's Angels. Playing Charlie's Angels. Right. Many happy afternoons. Oh, the greatest. And then the other one that I was thinking of with this, some people had kind of the same, similar things, was my dad worked in the city. It was very like that kind of like, dad's home from work late. You know, we'd often had our dinner. We were in our pajamas, but we would be upstairs in bed and then he would come upstairs and he would be the tickle monster when he got home and he would like, (laughs) you know, chase us around the room. And (laughs) it was like... We would just always be like, well, dad be home for Tickle Monster tonight. That was, and so, you know, I'm sure that my parents perceived it as, oh, it's terrible that dad isn't home for meals and isn't home for this. But what became special was the Tickle Monster, you know? I think that's another good thing to remember about traditions is that sometimes you're so busy looking at what you're missing out on that you're missing the fact that you're creating something kind of cool. It reminds me of in Little House on the Prairie in the books, Pa plays Mad Dog. Same thing. He'd get on the floor and he'd ruffle up his hair to make it look all scary. And he just would, you know, growl at the girls and they'd run and scream and hide behind the bed. And they're like, you know, eight by ten house. But that was this delightful, wonderful memory of the sort of five minutes he had for them when he was done in the fields. Right. Yeah. And and I wasn't even thinking about it when I thought of it. But it is a good because I feel like we're all a little like 
we're just horrible failures right now. But the fact is, you said it, was it you or was it someone shared on Facebook the idea that the mom said as a grown-up, like, oh, I always felt bad that I would just give up and give you like a plate of cheese and crackers in front of the TV for dinner. Yeah. And that the daughter remembered that as like, those were the greatest nights. Yeah, it was small plates dinner. Small plates. Yeah. When mom would give me those little small plates and sit in front of the dinner. And I said something a long time ago on Facebook that I always was like, oh, my mom made us pancakes for dinner when we were kids because she was the greatest mom ever. And then now that I'm a mom, I'm like, oh, she made us pancakes for dinner because she had completely given up. You know, she didn't want to face another meal. But we always thought it was the greatest night of the week whenever we got pancakes for dinner. Yeah. So this is truly helpful to me right now, this idea that we can find little fun that could somehow become what will be remembered of a year and a half spent inside, you know, with just the five of us. It's pretty great. I have to congratulate our listeners. We went to Facebook, as we do, to our group there, facebook.com forward slash Wolfrich Hellcast, and find our community there, and asked this question, what are your extremely achievable family traditions? Because we had done the extremely achievable holiday traditions episode. And first of all, I have to give a great shout out to all of our friends on the Facebook page who did not read the instructions and answered with holiday traditions because you are totally my people and that is totally how I roll. I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and answer this question even though I haven't quite read it. But we were looking for family traditions and a lot of people, and we do this in our house too, Friday night pizza and a movie. Okay. Which is a very simple tradition, but something people said, which I realize on some level, but I hadn't really quantified in my head, that it's a great way to transition out of the week. Mm-hmm. So we do Friday nights in our house, judge me if you must, our McDonald's movie nights. Friday nights, we get McDonald's for the kids, and then my husband and I usually get something nice taken. And then we watch a movie together with our food that we enjoy. And I often have the sensation on Fridays where I'm like, oh, it's close to pick up. I got to think about what's for dinner. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's McDonald's movie night. Like, it's always so great. It's heaven. Yeah. You know, this reminds me, my sister has four little boys and her youngest is three. And he had been saying recently around the house, we're going to have a dance party and there's going to be snacks and candy and you can wear your pajamas. Just sort of apropos of nothing, talking about it all the time. Right. And they're like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Just sort of letting him say it. And she was at the grocery store and somehow that popped into her head and it was a Friday and it had been a terrible week. And she said, like, we're doing it. And she bought like one bag of candy, one bag of popcorn, came home and wrote on the whiteboard in the kitchen tonight dance party. And his three older brothers are like, wait, it's happening. And she's like, it's happening. Tonight is Stephen's dance party, pajamas and snacks. (laughs) It's happening. You know, that gift from the office where it's like, it's happening. happening. And everyone starts running like it's happening. It's happening. And, you know, of course, it was a huge success. Her kids loved it. So did she. She was so glad that she said yes to it. And it's the branding. You know what I mean? It's a bag of popcorn that they play on the Wii Just Dance. That's what it was. They played Just Dance together. They played Just Dance together a lot anyway, but somehow saying it's a dance party and here's a bowl of popcorn and everybody has to go turned it into this like the prom in their kids' minds. And so it's using that branding. Let's call it movie night and we're going to sit on the floor under a cozy blanket makes it special and it doesn't take much. And I think, you know, we just did this episode about boundaries and there's something about how 
letting your kids every once in a while be like, let's cross them, you know, and then we're going to come back in. There is something about this idea. I mean, we have this sometimes. I was talking about it, I think, on the last episode that we do something called Kids Choice Day, which is basically like we're too bored to supervise you anymore. (laughs) But we call it Kids Choice. And it's like it's Kids Choice. You can do whatever you want. There's no rules today. I mean, there are rules like you're not allowed to throw each other off the catwalk and stuff. But like there's no rules about screens. There's no rules about anything. And what ends up happening is that they keep basically the same schedule we usually set for them, which is really interesting. But they feel this tremendous amount of freedom. Like, I mean, they play maybe a little bit more video games, but it's like they play nine hours of video games. Yeah. And still like go in and be like, I'm having an ice cream sandwich for breakfast. And they think it's hilarious that they get to do. But they don't eat 17 ice cream sandwiches. The control is sort of there. And so letting them have that freedom every once in a while, I think is super, super fun and rewarding. I love this. All right. We'll be back with more extremely achievable family traditions. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, let's lean in. I put Kate's first because it's just what we're looking for, people. Because sometimes you say achievable family traditions and people are like, we build our own sleds and then ride through the wood. No, that's not achievable, people. Kate's is eating popsicles on the front porch, watching traffic go by. Maybe I just love this one because we've been buried in snow forever now and the idea of eating a popsicle on the porch is maybe the most appealing thing that I've ever pictured in my entire life but I think when you think about traditions I like this starting point I love this hey let's get popsicles and go sit outside and watch traffic 
My big kid version of this is tea. I've been trying in the evenings to, you know, have a really delicious cup of tea that I'm excited about instead of a glass of wine, at least, you know, some of the time. And I find that if I make the boil the water and I, you know, knock on any of my kids doors and say, would you like some tea? They're like, yeah, yeah, I would. Thanks. You know, and then I make them the tea and I bring it to them while they're, you know, hunkered down doing their homework or playing video games or whatever. And I get like 90 seconds of positive interaction with them. And, <laughs> you know, it's like a little present. Everybody's happy with like, I would never make it for myself. But yeah, I would like a cup of tea. And it's just turned into a way to connect with, you know, I sort of pick a different kid each night. And it sounds so small, but I do think, yeah, someday they'll be like, I remember sometimes my mom would just bring me tea. <laughs> like It works. It helps. Yeah, I think that's right. It's like sometimes, and I do think for our own sake too, this is what I was saying about the boundary thing, that it's not fun to always be the bad guy, you know? And it's kind of our job to be the person who helps them set boundaries, to discipline them, to help them, you know, be within the lines. And that's our job. It's Mm -hmm. very important, that job. But it's also fun for yourself sometimes to be like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm also the person who brings the tea. Hey, I'm also the person who sometimes lets you have an ice cream sandwich for breakfast, you yeah. know, and it breaks the fire line a little bit. And I'm also sometimes just the person who eats popsicles on the porch with you and we watch cars go by like that. It's nice to have those times because sometimes we just feel like I'm always the bad guy. You're right. When we're the ones who are in charge of everything that we get to be the parent who once in a while is like, you know what? Yes to the happy meal. Sure. No problem. Why not? Yeah. Small. Yes. Christina has another one that's so simple that I love it. My toddler and I share a bowl of cereal in the evening while we chat about the day before she goes to bed. (laughs) It's just cute. Like I can so picture it and I could definitely picture that toddler being like 30 and getting married and being like, I, the thing I remember the most is the bowls of cereal with my mom. Like that's just very simple and sweet. And I do think, we've talked about this about having multiple kids that it can be really nice to find little traditions that you do with each of your kids and they can be different and I know my daughter sometimes it's a little this is gendered but I'm going to say it anyway I think sometimes it's a little bit easier to find them with girls like girls have just a lot more things maybe because I'm a girl I don't know but it's like I don't know I think that women are sort of emotionally wired for connection in a particular way yeah, I mean, I feel like my, I have seven with my daughter and then I try to think of ones I have with my sons and I'm like, I do like yelling at them to pick up their <laughs> socks. Is that a connection? No. Okay, I got to go back to work on that one. But I think it can be so, so, so simple and I think that's something I want to work on with my boys. It's like, what is a little thing that we do together that's fun? Because I have, like I said, I think I have 10 of them with my daughter. God, it just occurred to me, we have a tradition that will definitely be remembered years hence, which is we have a dog, Marshmallow, and the kids and I constantly, you know, voice her inner monologue. I won't bore you, you know, but you, you do a special voice and she has a special personality, which is extremely different from her actual dog personality. Like she's really <laughs> self-centered and, you know, and difficult in her, you know, pretend personality. And we go like on and on about it. And I can send my kids, like when they're at school, right? They're going to school. Sometimes I can send them a text of, you know, as Marshmallow saying something and then my kid will send it back to me. And like, these are teenagers with whom I do not always have tons of positive interactions in a day, but they will always answer to that little silly, stupid thing we do together. And I think what we're saying is like, 
just seek these out and lean in a little bit because it can be that simple, right? Which is just finding like a little shared joke that you have and those things Oh, they're so great. Jackie has the weekend sleep in. I also share this Mm. tradition. On weekends, she likes to have one day where she sleeps in. Made this work for my kids when they were toddlers by prepping their milk cups and putting them in the fridge. And I have spoken lovingly in the past. Saturday sleep in has always been a big tradition in our house. You're on your own on Saturdays because mom and dad sleep in. And we don't even sleep in that much. We're often just awake reading our phones in bed, but we don't appear until 8 a.m. on Saturdays and (laughs) everything else is your problem, people. Yeah, sounds wonderful. And worth establishing. And the kids probably like, yeah, we get to watch. I mean, speaking of old deluxe alerts, back in my day, do you remember getting up early enough to sit in front of the TV on Saturday mornings? I mean, that was your time on Saturday mornings. It was kid TV time. You know, there wasn't YouTube or on demand. We just had to wait for Saturday mornings. And I would sometimes get up so early that there was nothing on yet. Like I hadn't started until 6am or something and I would be up and ready. So yeah, the kids like that time of themselves. Ready to go. I was the opposite. This is so who we are as people, Amy, because I was the opposite. I could never wake up on Saturday mornings. And so it was like I would miss, you know, He-Man, whatever the early. Miss Scooby-Doo? Oh, no. The Scooby, I always hated it. Scooby-Doo's <laughs> horrible, by the way. I hate that show. Still to this day, I hear that stupid Scooby voice. Uh, horrible. So maybe I slept in on purpose. But the big thing was 9 a.m. was the Smurfs. And if I missed the Smurfs, my day was ruined. So I would make my brother and sister promise that they would wake me up for the Smurfs. And then if they forgot, I mean, it was the whole day was ruined. I was furious at them. I was like, you know. And then my sister would be like, here's what Smurfette got up to. And I'm like, I can't even hear it. I missed it. There's no point. God. I mean, I thought Scooby-Doo was the same from one episode to the next. But the Smurfs, I mean, I'm not sure anything happened to the Smurfs ever. But still. Gargamel (laughs) tried to eat them. They got away (laughs) every episode. And let me tell you, I was there for it every Saturday. Alicia spent the summer. This was fun. Root beer floats every week. Tried a new brand of root beer to find our favorite. It was really fun. Oh, that's a good idea. It's just fun. Lean in. My brother-in-law did this with chocolate chip cookies. He said, we are going to try this recipe, that recipe, add baking soda, you know, this kind of chocolate. I don't know. And come up with the greatest chocolate chip cookie in the world. Kept them quite busy for a while. Sam says, and I'm mostly reading this because Sam is clearly from another land. And I love this expression. Sam says, at weekend, we have reading day. (laughs) I like the idea of reading day, but much more I like saying at weekend. At weekend, we reading day. At weekend, we have reading day. Road trips, Kimberly says, whenever we go on a road trip, we always buy lottery tickets. That seems like a kind of a fun... Oh, I mean, my kids, my teenagers love lottery tickets. They get them from a particular aunt that they love at Christmas time. And I don't know, something about that, like getting scratching it off, like it's so exciting to these very big kids to have a lottery ticket once in a while so we've never really done the super bowl because my kids are 8 10 and 12 and i know there's a lot of kids who are into sport my kids are not sporty kids and they're not that into sports but for whatever reason maybe it was the pandemic this year we got way into the super bowl like we had a menu and we were gonna watch it and also they love that blinding light song that the weekend sings so they knew it was yeah. gonna be the weekend ding 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 they like you know it's a dance or something for Fortnite. anyway they were way into it and then we bought squares because they don't really follow the game and we weren't into either one of the teams no offense tampa and kansas people but we didn't care. And so we bought uh, squares from a local bar. This is our family tradition, getting kids into bar betting early in life. 
And let me tell you, it made the game much more fun. Yeah. Betting is fun. Sorry, guys. That's just the answer. Yeah, that would be the only way for me to be interested in the football game is having a random square I was rooting for. Our road trip tradition is Kid DJ, where we do this in the car. You have to have two adults because the driver can't really do it. Now my older kid can run it. But Kid DJ is, we often travel with the cousins who are... So we have five kids in the car and every kid gets to pick a song and then we play that song next. And so then they get way into it. Like the kid's like, I know what I'm going to pick when it's my turn. I know what it's going to pick. And then it becomes sometimes a battle. Like someone will pick a song just to annoy the other kids. Like it's a very entertaining uh, thing. I think this is worth leaning into because our car trips have become you know, five people having an individual experience, like a little bit of fighting over who has to have marshmallow on their lap, but everybody else just wearing headphones. You know, my kids might even like download a movie for the car. And, you know, I'm listening to a podcast and my husband's listening to a different podcast, or maybe we're listening to the news, but we're just, you know, we're in our it's like silos, sci-fi movie. Yeah, exactly. We have like, yeah, domes over our heads and we're having individual experiences. And that's not the car trip of our youth, which was annoying and boring and horrible, you know, playing license plate bingo, but we did it together. So I think this is worth keeping going before you can turn in my family with three teenagers who don't want to talk to you. Yeah, I think that's right. And I also think that's fine. I think car trips sometimes fall into that category of like, I will make them a magical land of whimsy. I just found we have a free cycle board in our town where you put stuff up that's free. You know, I'm giving away this, you know, whatever, old TV, you take it, blah, blah. And we were driving in the beginning of the pandemic, taking a really long drive, and someone was giving away road trip bingo cards where you would like, you know, everyone would have one in their laps and it was like bingo. You had to find whatever, a mileage sign, whatever. You would have it on your card. And I was like, we're going to play road trip bingo. I mean, I pulled those things out and people were like, that looks horrible. Put it away. And I just <laughs> gave them back away on the free cycle board. Like, you don't have to make every car trip a magical wonderland. It's fine if everyone wants to watch a movie, too. Let's talk about special dinners. This is another thing that like, what defines a special dinner? It's a very low bar, guys. Yeah, well, I mean, yo-yo dinner in my house, you're on your own dinner has become an extremely achievable family tradition that my kids are secretly pretty happy about. Yeah, I mean, we had people who were setting the table once a week. We, every once in a while, let our kids drink out of wine glasses. My guess is the bloom is coming off this rose now, but like when they were six, eight, and 10, letting them drink out of fancy I mean fancy they're like one dollar target wine glasses they're not fancy they thought that was just like the most exciting thing in the world you know so sweet and just simple little zhuzhes to dinner as Amy would say is a great way to go let's talk about special treat Fridays Friday is a big day for people I think Friday it's right you're exhausted from the week and it's like whatever you can think of to make a difference to the days yeah Pizza is just not making dinner for you, right? And it's special treat Friday for your kid. Molly said, we started doing special treat Friday. The five-year-old leads the charge in terms of new ideas. Sometimes we travel far and wide to a new ice cream place. Sometimes it's just a random piece of leftover Halloween candy. Like, <laughs> it's just a treat. And that's the great thing when you start involving your kids in this is their idea of a treat is hilarious. You know, I think we worry that if we're like no rules, they're going to be like, I want to eat the dog. They're not. They're going to be like, can I have one piece of candy before noon? And that's where they're going to go with it. And then Lillian made this point, which I thought was lovely. It made me so nostalgic for my 
own family tradition, my dad would come home from work every Friday with a two liter of Stewart's root beer and a giant bag of Stewart's ripple potato chips. And we'd have an X-Files party. <laughs> Only time we had soda in the house outside of holidays. Happy sigh. Yeah. I mean, that dad was $4 in on making a memory that his daughter still remembers, you know, so many years later. And that's the magic of this. That's so great. Okay. We'll be back with more Extremely Achievable Family Traditions. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. And now, things moms just know in their guts. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. When you see a kid scratching their head, it's never dandruff. It's lice. Listen, it's always lice. When the school calls, it's not going to be good news. People, they're not calling to tell you that your kid is doing a great job in math class. Your kid barfed or maybe pulled the fire alarm. When toddlers are noisy, it's annoying. But when toddlers are silent, they're destroying something you cherish. Move quickly. When your son wants to show you something really cool that he found outside, there's like a 92% chance that thing is going to be gross and or dead. That thing that literally no one in your house can find? If you look, you will find it in under 19 seconds. 
No matter how much you think you are ready to own a white couch, you are not ready to own a white couch. That white blouse, that's not for you either. This has been Things Moms Just Know in Their Guts. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. It occurs to me, listening to these traditions, that part of what's fun and part of what will make them memorable is, you know, one, the branding, right? Like we said, like, this is special treat Friday and like, here's a takeout menu. But also the restrictions are kind of part of the point, by which I mean, like, you're in the car and there's nothing to do. And so you made up a license plate game and that became your tradition, that the restrictions of the car trip or the pandemic cause a having to be really resourceful. And that's where the fun comes from. Yes, agree. And so, you know, lean into that as well. Like, what can we make with only what's in the junk drawer? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's let's make a snowman, but we don't have a carrot. So we have to use this instead. And then that becomes the hilarious story. And that's I mean, there are so many examples of that. That's the lesson of the pandemic, right? That like people recreating famous paintings using like bed sheets, you know? Yes. Perfect example. Yes. People are fun, you know, like the restriction is what makes I had an ex-boyfriend who used to say that all the time that like ideas are forged in fire, in conflict, uh. you know, so conflict isn't necessarily terrible. Like and I say all the time in the pandemic, there's something on the other side of boredom, like restriction and difficulty isn't always a negative. Yeah. It is difficult, but it can also be kind of like a crucible where fun things are formed. It's a crucible. Exactly. That's well said. Justine has a tradition with her little one to look together at her Facebook memories, the photos and videos that come up of his baby pictures. I definitely stop the presses every time Shutterfly says, remember this from 14 years ago? I have to go get whoever's in the picture. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Shutterfly has my number. I'm like, yes, nothing else happens until I look at these memories from 13 years ago today. And then do you do the whole thing where you're like 13 years ago today? Okay, I had just gotten married. I bet I'm pregnant. Like I try to figure it out. Like it's like a little guessing game for me what it's going to be. Oh, you try to guess what's going to be in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had to listen. It's not all day, but I'm just saying I take a moment. Yeah. This was a fun one for me from Ella. Good for it reminded me of having little ones walking breakfast load them into the wagon and walk around while they're eating (laughs) i think it's just so hard in new york because we've been cold and snowed in for a long time and so as i keep saying it's getting a little shining up in my house we're a little overlook hotel Mm -hmm. over here like we are you really can't even walk you know it's so difficult to get out but i think when we were Skipping meals and stuff. I definitely remember this from being having toddlers. The idea of dinner tonight is just heated up, whatever, chicken nuggets, and we're getting in the wagon and walking to the park, and you can eat while we're walking there. It's going to kill two birds with one stone. It's our outing and our meal. Yeah. And I think meals, those kind of meals, we famously, I mean, we keep coming back to the idea, right? Like the disaster is the fun. We had a long, long time ago. I can't remember what oh my mom dropped the pie the apple pie on Thanksgiving and it was in a Pyrex you know glass pie holder and so it shattered and but it broke in like half anyway instead of she was like I'm still serving this pie I made it and so she was scooping out little bits of the pie that weren't near any broken parts and serving them in mugs 
And it's become like a huge tradition in our family to have pie in a cup. It's just like the thing we do now. Because everyone's like, do you want some pie in a cup? And it's like, you put pie in a cup and then you put ice cream on top and it's heaven. Like, what is the greatest invention ever? And it's just because my mom dropped a pie 35, 40 years ago. Pie in a cup. It's made in a crucible. Yeah. I remember one time my kids were little. I mean, we had definitely had nobody in kindergarten yet. And we were stuck in an airport for five hours that we knew of, right? The plane is delayed five hours. And so we're at the airport and I mean, talk about a crucible, right? And so it just was this moment where mom was going to say yes, like the gift shop, they never get to go in. Yes, we can spend as much time as you want in the gift shop. But we did that. And then I still had four hours and 40 minutes to go. So I sat down and I made a a scavenger hunt and, you know, wrote it and, you know, fancy letters at the top scavenger hunt and I presented it to my two little boys who were three and four and I mean the seriousness with which they undertook this I had to be like find a man in a hat find the letter Q (laughs) on a sign it had to be like really easy stuff for little kids they loved it and of course I went with them on the scavenger hunt and then of course then I had to sit down and create another one because they finished it and it was like the best idea I ever had the five hours flew by I think it was for them like a wonderful way to spend a Sunday afternoon Yeah, sitting in an airport terminal. Yeah. And I think that this is an idea. Amy has one. We have two old tin jars that we put leftover change in. When they are full, we turn them into the bank and use some of the money to go get ice cream. And I think that what you're reminding me about with the scavenger hunt and the ice cream is a lot of... This is learning too. This is, I feel like sometimes we feel like I should be running multiplication drills with my kids all day. I should be X, Y, and Zing. And there is so much learning and joy just around us in life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, turning coins into money for ice cream is, there's like six different lessons in there, right? What are the values of each of these coins? And, you know, how much are they worth? And this big thing of coins equals $20. And then we can use part of it to get ice cream. Like, you're learning a ton of stuff in that fun little experience that your kids remember as ice cream. And I think I tend to get a little bit hung up on the thing of, am I doing enough? And baking is that way. And caring for an animal is that way. And there are so many things that we are already doing. Like, you're already doing all of the things that are good for kids. So don't worry about like looking at Pinterest and being like, I'm not making like homemade burlap napkins with everyone's name on them for mealtime. Right. Because that's so whimsical. And I'm not whimsical. I'm lame. Like you're not lame. You're fine. (laughs) But you have pizza every Friday night. And so you're doing something super fun. Yeah, that's super, super fun. Yeah, you just turn it up. Just underline it and turn it up a little bit. Are you ready for a super random, Amy? Sure. I mean, this is the kind of thing that I'm going to say. This happens all the time on the podcast, and I love it. I'm going to be like, this is the most random thing I've ever heard of. And then everyone on the Facebook page is going to be like, what are you talking about? That's what we all do. And I think it's a regional thing, maybe. Like the pickle ornament from our holiday. The pickle ornament. Yeah, apparently we were both like, what the heck is going on? There's no such thing as a pickle ornament. And many, many people were like, what are you talking about? The pickle is the greatest of all the Christmas traditions. (laughs) Heather says, this may be more lazy than anything, but we have a tradition of saving our Christmas tree until July and then burning it on the 4th in our backyard. (laughs) This took a lot of twists for me. I did not see it coming. I'm trying to... This definitely... My husband is a Texan, as you know, and this definitely sounds like something Texas people would get up to. Like, well, we do do the old burning of the old Christmas tree. Deep fry the turkey. Yeah, we deep fry the turkey, then we light the Christmas tree on fire on July 4th. <laughs> Where is the tree? Where is the tree staying until the 4th of July? This is an 
excellent. Heather, we need some follow-up, please. Get with us on Facebook. Down in your house, right? Where is the tree the rest of the year? I'm going to assume it's outside. But if it gets wet, then it won't burn. It'll just smoke. What kind of 4th of July? (laughs) Amy, have you met nature? The trees burn even though they get wet. I guess so. No, no, no. It's not a problem if they get wet. I mean... Oh, right. A whole tree. It's when they chop up that they can't get wet. Yeah. Like a cord of firewood. You don't want that to get wet. Yeah. No. I mean, a tree will burn even if it's been wet, but... And then this is the other reason why I think she lives in Texas. Like my guess is, but in Texas, like it's so hot that my guess is the tree would just light on fire itself on July 4th. You probably wouldn't even have to do much to it. But Heather, we have follow up questions. Please clarify some of these things. And guys, if anyone else is out there burning their Christmas trees on July 4th, we need to know. Is this happening in our country? We don't understand it. It, I'm not even sure that's extremely achievable. Amy, I would not recommend this in your New York City apartment. No, no, no. You're like, guys, new family tradition. We're going to light the tree on fire on July 4th. What about game nights? Heather says, we have game night once a month and the kids have kitty cocktails while we listen to some good tunes. The winner of each game gets to pick the next game. This sounds great, but when they get to be big kids, like I have two kids who love to play board games and I do too, but they're endless. Like they're like monopoly level endless games. So it needs to be like shoots and ladders. I hate games. Games. Oh, I wish I liked them. I forced myself to play them with my kids, but I I really dislike them. I dislike gaming. I'm going to put a shout out in for Quirkle, which is a a game that I find that anybody from, say, like five and up can play and might beat you. Like it's about like visual patterns. And so it's some people are just better at it than others. But it's a game that two people can play or 10 people can play. And, you know, there's enough luck involved in it, too, that you can get a little bit detached from being competitive. I can't, but I like that you can. Monopoly is just like it gets way too important. And yeah, I don't love those. I need to schedule a Zoom with you where you explain that game to me because we own that game. I've also said on the podcast, I am lacking some lane in my brain where I can read the instructions of a game and then play it successfully. I just cannot get, it seems so complicated. And then the dragon and you flip the dragon card and you get powers. I'm like, get me out of this. You know, I'm going to put a link to the show notes. There was something on Reddit recently that I found hilarious. It was a thread kind of related to this about board games. In your house, what are your special traditions, rules? You know, in Uno, the wild card is actually a two, whatever it is that make games more fun in your house. And there are some really funny ideas on there. Even if you don't do them, it's just funny to read. There's no way Uno could ever be fun. But I accept the premise. (laughs) I mean, I don't mind like charades, active games like Pictionary. I'm okay with those. I just don't like sitting around and turning cards over that are like, now you're a wizard. Like I just, ah, ha, 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 I don't want to. Let's finish with a simple one that reminded me of a tradition that we had. Yeah. Saying goodbye to dad in the morning, Anna says that sweet and simple, we wave goodbye to Papa out the window every morning when he leaves for work. My husband flickers the lights on his truck and honks the horn. And there's just something very funny and sweet about that. My dad used to have, I mean, we're going to finish with an oldie locks alert as we started, but the musical, A Chorus Line, back in my day, which I don't know how many people still know, but it was a very popular musical in the olden times. But there was... 
song in it that said, kiss today, goodbye, the gift was ours to borrow, right? Those were the actual lyrics. Mm, sounds right. Oh, no. It was it, and point me towards tomorrow? There's one of the lines. Is, and point me towards tomorrow, yes. Yes. Point me towards, that's it, because now I'm remembering the lyrics. So my dad, in the morning, used to sing this song. He would sing the chorus line notes and sing the song kiss the dad goodbye and point him towards the city because he was getting on the train and like it's so corny but like every once in a while one of us will still like just sing it randomly <laughs> like it's just what i want to get to with this is like it's the smallest things that you still remember it's not the big things it's not the like yes your life is like a tapestry where you're like i can always picture my mom there at the early morning practices but there's nothing on pinterest that is better than like making up a funny song when you leave for work there's nothing else out there that's better than the small funny things that you guys are coming up with as families this is the perfect moment right we're all like home together more to find the tiniest things that we're doing and sort of circle them in red pencil with a name or a theme song or a thing we always do first and create some happiness out of that some happiness because the other thing i think that's very crucial is like these don't solve your problems these don't make life okay (laughs) you know you don't come in from waving goodbye to dad and he flicks the lights and you have a perfect day because you found the solution But that is part of the tapestry of your kids' day so that when you yell later on and when you burn the lunch and stuff, your kid's going to remember that moment you spent together with goodbye to dad more than they're going to remember like it was terrible because mom yelled because she was in a bad mood. Right. And they know that it's coming tomorrow or that pizza's coming Friday, right? That it'll happen again. That keeps us going, that the good time will come back. Hold on to them right now, guys. We are slogging through. Solved it. Every week is lighter. (laughs) Every week is closer to freedom. So let's just keep on with the small traditions and keep on keeping on. I want to give a shout out to our Pinterest page. We're on Pinterest at What Fresh Hellcast. We put up all our episodes in there, but we also pin other fun stuff. So I'll find some good family traditions and pin them in the coming weeks. And I hope to see you over there. Love it. We will see you on Pinterest, guys. And until we talk to you next time, have a great or at least a passable and survivable week. Let's go with that. (laughs) Sounds good. Talk to you then. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. 
Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.